remove your emotional attachment to your day-to-day results and just stay committed to the process over the long haul. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, what's going on, House Flipping Nation? I hope you guys are all doing amazing. Today, I've got something extra special for you. So, you guys have probably all seen the uh, the video I did. It's, it was actually a podcast as well, where, where I talked about how I was living a life of mediocrity, right? After I listened to this book uh, called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, I just realized that I just wasn't living up to my potential. I realized there was so much more I could do. I mean, here, this guy basically died. He was in a coma. He was told he was going to have brain damage and, and all kinds of stuff, but he'd never walk. And he came back against the odds and, and came back stronger than ever, breaking all of his past achievements, and, and it was just absolutely incredible. So after I sent out this video, one of our rock star um, investors who's in the uh, House Flipping Formula coaching program reached out to me. His name's Matt Recor. I don't. I know Matt likes to stay a little more uh, on, on the secret side, so hopefully he's okay. With uh, he'll me. be honored, and he's going to love that you okay, mentioned cool, his name. Okay, cool, cool. In fact, I'm going to text him right now and tell him you're mentioning his name on the volume. So... So Matt reached out to me and he's like, hey, I'm best friends with Hal Elrod, right? So then at the same time, same time, like that uh, Matt reached out to me, Hal uh, sent me a message on Facebook. So it was just crazy and asked me if there's anything to do, said he'd love to be on the podcast. So boom, that is abundance, guys. I'm always talking about abundance. We have with us today, guys, the one, the only Mr. Miracle Morning himself, yo pal, Hal Elrod. How's it going, Hal? Justin, man, it's uh, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, when I saw that video, I was I was I was excited, man. That was cool. So it's it's cool. You and I are actually you were chatting now. We went from total strangers, thanks to Matt Recor, to uh, now you and I are, are becoming friends quickly. It's crazy. It's so crazy. I'm sure you've read people's books before. That you're just like, dude, this guy's up. And then like now we're talking and yeah. we're just, we're talking on the phone and stuff. And anyway, it's just, it's just awesome. So yeah. Um, how I, I've given you I've given the, everyone a little bit of your background. Why don't you give us a little more of your background? Yeah, so my background, I mean, it really, when it got into business, I was 19 years old and a buddy of mine sold Cutco kitchen knives. And we were in college together, first year of college. And he always said, Oh, you should, you know, I could get you a job selling Cutco. I said, Dude, I'm a DJ. I was a radio DJ that time, Yo Pal Hal, right? Yeah. I was on the radio. And I said, I'm I'm not, I'm not a salesperson, like, yeah, never in my life. I'm I'm a radio DJ. That's all I want to do. And uh, long story short, I, you know, I, I went with him to the office one day. In fact, I think he kind of set this up, but it was like casual, like, hey, I got to run to the office. You want to come with me? And then he ambushed me with a manager. And, you know, but long story short, I took the job. And 10 days into the career, well, it wasn't going to be a career. It was like make a little extra money. Just do on, something, yeah. Yeah, get Teddy off my back, bugging me about it all the time. And 10 days into the career, I, uh, I had sold more kitchen knives, more Cutco kitchen knives than almost anyone in the history of the company. I think there was some guy back east that had had, had, a, had a higher number, but I had broken this all-time company record, and that set me on a path because my whole life, and this is, I think this is such an important lesson for almost all of us, right, which is that mediocrity thing, you know? Yeah. I think here's the thing about mediocrity is, is that we all suffer from it because it has nothing to do with how we compare to other people. It's how we compare to our own potential. And we're always, even when we're at our best, there's a tiny bit of mediocrity because there's another level that we know we could perform at. And so for me, my whole life, I was very average. I didn't get good grades. I wasn't an athlete. I was, I never excelled at anything. And on my second day of my training, I thought, why not me? 
That's but amazing. If they, if, if some other person has set this record, why can't I be the one to break it? I and, love it. You know, and then when I did, I'm like, wow, it's true <laughs> what they say. You know, anything is possible. That sort of thing. So. Fast forward a year and a half, and I continued to break a lot of records for the company. And so I was always speaking at the events. I'm giving my tips and tricks and motivating my fellow sales reps. And one night giving a speech, I left the meeting at, at that night. And it, uh, about 1130 at night, I was driving my brand new Ford Mustang. And at, at 20, that was like my dream car that, that I could afford. Car, you know? Yeah. And uh, I uh, that night, I was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour on the freeway. And the worst was actually yet to come. I spun off the drunk driver, and so my driver's side door was uh, was was like a target for the car that had been right behind me doing 70 miles an hour. They crashed into my door, and everybody watching this or listening to this, look to your left right now and imagine you're sitting in your car, and imagine a car is coming at your door at 70 miles an hour and just crashes full speed. So into you your saw car. the car coming, or I don't, I don't remember. You know, you were okay. You already, yeah, who knows? but I just, I yeah. just always give that example because you're like, wow, that would be really devastating to your body, yes. right? So the entire left side of my car crushed into the left side of my body, and I immediately broke 11 bones. My femur broke in half, broke my pelvis in three places, broke my arm, my elbow was shattered, my eye socket was shattered, my ear was almost completely severed, punctured my lung, ruptured my spleen, uh, and I, uh, I began to lose a lot of blood. And when they finally pulled me out of the car an hour later, I died. And I was dead for approximately six minutes while the, 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 uh, the crew, whatever – the paramedics worked to revive me, and after six minutes without a heartbeat, they brought me to life, took me to the hospital, and six days later, I came out of a coma, and I was told I would never walk again and that I had permanent brain damage. Hal, this is a question I've, I've just always yes. wanted to ask you. Did you see a light? Uh, I, I, I have been asked that before. No, that, that's a good – I would ask the same question. Um, I don't remember. You know, like, yeah. In fact, my, my parents – when I was in a coma, my parents asked the doctors like – he was dead for six minutes. That's like, crazy. Well, will you see a light? You know, and they said, um, uh, you know, because of the, brain, the, the 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 damage to his brain that he suffered in the head-on collision, that's where your short-term memory is stored, is in your frontal lobe sure. of your brain. Uh, they said, you know, he may or may not remember it, and so I, I don't remember like crazy. a week or two out of my life, including wow. the, you know that night. So I I don't know. I, I don't wow, know. What that's I saw. incredible. I was just kind of messing around, but that's yeah, that's awesome. No, it's a good question. Uh, okay, so go ahead, keep going. So, um, so yeah, so the, I came out of the coma six days later and facing this reality. And as you could, I mean, like if you're listening, anybody would go, wait a minute, they're saying I'm not going to walk again. Like, I don't even know how I got here. Like last thing I remember, we were leaving a meeting, right. And now I'm in a hospital and I've got 11 broken bones. I I have no short term memory. I, I, you know, this is crazy. And, uh, within about, uh, I don't know, a couple days, um, I, I started, uh, I basically processed what had happened to me, and I kind of thought through the potential options of, well, well what, okay, okay, if I never walk in, what's that mean, right? What's that going to, what's life going to be like then? Um, could I walk again? What, what, what would have to happen for me to walk again if it were to happen, right? And the doctors called my parents in, and they said, "We're concerned with Hal. We believe he's in denial." They said because every time we interact with him, every person on our staff—doctors, nurses, psychologists. Hal's always laughing and joking and smiling, <laughs> and they said that's not normal, it's not normal, right? Not for a 20-year-old young man who's being told he may never walk again. They said he should be depressed or angry or scared or sad. So we believe his reality is so painful and unimaginable, he can't accept it, so he's delusional. He's checked out. 
And my dad came in and explained my, the, the doctor's concern. Because the doctor said, you've got to get him to admit how he's really feeling. Like, yeah. whatever emotions he's covering up because they're too painful, he's got to go through those so he can begin to heal emotionally. And my dad came in and, and explained this and said, how, how are you really feeling? You know, when the lights go out at night and there's nobody to joke with, how are you really feeling about what may or may not happen and, or what did happen? And I looked at my dad. I said, Dad. I thought you knew me better than that. And I kind of smiled. I said, I can't change what happened to me. And I live by the five-minute rule. And the five-minute rule is something I learned in my sales training. And for anybody listening, this is often a big takeaway for people. So um, it's in, in my sales training, we were taught that when something goes wrong, you give yourself five minutes to be upset about it. Literally set your timer on your phone, you know, yell, scream, cry, <laughs> moan, complain, punch a wall, whatever you got to do, vent. Five minutes, and then after five minutes, as an intelligent human being, you acknowledge if I can't change what's already happened, which unless you're Marty McFly with a DeLorean, like <laughs> you can't change it. Um, there's no intelligent reason to feel bad about it. There's no reason to wish it were different, to be upset, sad, angry, depressed, you name it. The only intelligent choice is to completely and unconditionally accept everything that has ever happened prior to this moment and focus all of your energy on what's in your control moving forward. And I said, Dad, the accident happened two weeks ago. I can't change that. And I said, there's only one of two possibilities. Number one, the doctors are right, and I never walk again. And I said, and if that's the case, I've already decided I'll be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. Because if I'm in a wheelchair, I could be miserable or I could be happy, and I'm going to be the happiest person you've ever seen in a wheelchair. So that's the worst case scenario. But dad, I've accepted that and I put zero energy into it. I'm not thinking about that. I don't, I'm not thinking, I'm not imagining or visualizing being in a wheelchair. I've accepted the worst case scenario and all of my energy goes into thinking about walking, visualizing walking, feeling what it'll feel like to walk again. That's the reality I want to create for myself. And I've already accepted the worst. So if that happens, I'm at peace with it. There's no pain. It's, it's a win-win. Either, either I walk again like I want to or I'm the happiest person in a wheelchair. Either way, my life is as good as I choose to see it. How that is absolutely amazing. I love that that you've given this a name, the five minute rule, because lately this is pretty much all I've been talking about. I said I believe that the maybe one of the most um, significant things that successful people do that non successful people don't do yeah. is what something like recovery time. I don't know what to call it. I was like, I got to come up with a name for this. Yeah, but, and I can't take credit. I learned that in my sales training, but yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you credit. Okay, <laughs> all right, cool. We all go through ups and downs. Like successful people have failed more than anybody, right? But yeah. the, the question is how quickly can you recover? How quickly can you get back on track? I can't tell you how many days I've been concerned about my own businesses. And it's like, well, this one, that here, doom, we get in our head, doom and gloom and on. But yeah, yeah, I love it. Give yourself five minutes. If you get upset, you know, I recently did a deal where I lost a six-figure amount of money, right? Yeah. And you know what? There wasn't anything I could do about it at that point. So it's like, what can I learn from this? What can I do going forward? And I think people who hear that are like absolutely amazed that I'm not like totally crushed from it. And I say, no, if I let that defeat me, then I'm screwed, right? But yeah. if I can move forward and what can I learn, then, then that's amazing. And so I, I appreciate it. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I had from your book as well. Just yeah. the, it's like, what has happened to you? You couldn't help what that guy did to you, right? You can help what the drunk driver did, yeah. but you can help what you can do. And that's huge. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. All right. So, so from there, keep going. So, um, so then I, so, so yeah, so the, the doctors came in with routine x-rays. They said, we don't know how to explain this. 
This was actually a week after this conversation with my dad. So three weeks after the crash, the doctors came in with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly, we're going to let you take your first step tomorrow. Wow. So it went from never walk again to three weeks after the crash. <laughs> like, I mean, I never expected that, right? And um, I took my first step the next day, which it, it, and then there's that metaphorical, like the first step's always the hardest one to take. Well, yeah. I was scared. I was like, I was, you know, totally. like, what if my leg breaks again? Like, uh, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if? So um, I took my first step. And then four weeks after that, the doctors, you know, said, hey, we're going to let you out of the hospital. Like you're, you're recovering so fast. And um, probably my, the proudest moment of my life is on the, the, the last day I was in the hospital, I called my buddy uh, Jeremy, who actually um, he, he actually found me at the scene of the accident. Wow! And I called him and I said, "Hey, I'm going home, uh, you know, tomorrow." And uh, we were talking, and he said, "Okay, I got to go. We got a sales, you know, we've got we're in the middle of a sales competition. It starts in a couple of days. I got to go make phone calls." And I go, "Wait, wait, there, I didn't know there's a sales contest." He said, "Yeah, remember the kickoff <laughs> conference?" I said, "Dude, what if I sold Cutco for the push period sales contest and I competed with you guys?" And he's like. How are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't know. I could like maybe get somebody to drive me to some appointments or something. And he's like, yeah, dude, I think, I think you got more important things to worry about than, uh, than sales. So we got off the phone and I kind of was like, yeah, he's right. And then I went, wait a minute. I don't know what it was, but I'm like, nobody would do that. Nobody would go leave the hospital, find someone to drive them to sales appointments. I'm like, I have every excuse in the world to bow out of this one. And I ended up deciding to do it. And I only had four days out of this two-week contest, but out of 500 sales reps that were there, I took fourth place. Um, And uh, and I always joke, like, did I use the sympathy card? Of course. You got to use what you can use, right? Yeah, you're at fair advantage. I tell people, use it all day long, every day. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Mr. Jones, I was just hit by a drunk driver and I died last week. If you want to buy anything from me, that would really help me out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but it doesn't change the fact that getting on the phone when you, number one, you haven't been on the phone in months. Number two, I was exhausted because my bro- bones were still broken and healing. Like I was tired all the time. All right. And, uh, you know, just I just had to find a way. That's absolutely amazing. I mean, I just love it because in this business, I hear people all the time come with all these excuses of why they can't find a house to flip and why this business doesn't work for them. But yet there's hundreds of people out there that are making it work. And it's like, then you look at a guy like you who it didn't matter. You made no excuses. You just made it happen. Such an inspiration. So like I always, I I always see, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of folks on online that worked for that company that I worked for Cutco, you know, vector marketing, which sells Cutco cutlery. And there's a ton of negative reviews, YouTube videos, like it's a scam. It's I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, just because you failed, just because you tried it and you didn't make it work, totally. you're going to go hate, you know? Yeah. Like, how about me? And I've got I've got a hundred friends that, you know, create an amazing life, you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, totally. people make excuses, right? They'll make excuses and they like to blame something outside of themselves yep. for why they're not succeeding. Yep. Haters are going to hate. Yeah, so, yeah. Let, let's talk more about the Miracle Morning. I mean, like, that one thing, like, after reading that book, like, it's just, changed my life right and that's i'm just getting started right so tell us more how you came up with that and and how it can change the lives of of anybody and and no matter what part of what business you're in what part of life you're in yeah and you know i'm actually before i explain it i I, want to take a second to to just um give a little bit of context to what you just said which is it can change anybody's life well you're about to hear i'll tell my story of how this changed my life when i was at literally rock bottom well not literally because it's relative but i was at rock bottom like i was at the lowest point in my life not the car accident it was when the u.s economy crashed i got deeply depressed etc etc so i created this 
not to be a book. It was never going to be a book. That was, there was not even a thought in my mind. It was like, I got to figure out what will turn my life around. And the miracle morning, which it wasn't called that it was less than two months from the first day that I did it. I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life physically, having not exercised in six months, to deciding to train for and complete an ultra marathon, uh, you know, 52 miles in one day. And I went from being really depressed and hopeless to on fire within a matter of days. So, so that's where the Miracle Morning started. And when I wrote the book, it was like this could help people go to the next level wherever they're at. But just recently, and I know you, I think you know this, but Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote one of my favorite books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, reached out to me a couple months ago and, well, his his people reached out to me (laughs) um, and said, Robert's a big fan of your book. And he interviewed me on Rich Dad Radio and he said he's read The Miracle Morning three times. He had done it like 60 days in a row and he said it's completely changed his life, right? So this is someone who's worth like $80 million. So... (laughs) So I share that because I want – if you're listening and you're like, does this apply to me? Well, if you're anywhere between deeply depressed, in debt, broke, and out of shape and worth $80 million, million. (laughs) anywhere in that range, this will apply to you. Um, So – so the miracle morning. So so yeah, what happened was the US economy crashed. I crashed with it. I went from being successful by most people's standards. Like when the economy crashed, I was making six figures. Just under like 85 grand, I think that was my first year as an entrepreneur. Um, I left that, I hit Hall of Fame with my sales position, and you know, kind of I wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And uh, and then I bought a brand new house, right? In, in 2006, great yeah. time to buy, buy and hold a brand new great house <laughs> in Sacramento, California. And uh, uh, I bought the peak. Um, and actually, you know what's funny? I quick, quick plug for Matt Record yeah. again. Matt Record called me in 2007 and said, dude sell your house the market's about to crash oh because he was falling for snores <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly and i go dude i just bought my house like a year no ago way. i'm not gonna sell it he's like yeah. i'm selling all of my house you know wow. and then of course i didn't listen to matt so he's a good wow. friend he never said i told you so i'm sure he thought it was <laughs> but, uh, but anyway so i lose my house and i went from being in the best shape of my life or, or close to it to um, I, I canceled my gym membership because I lost over half my income. I couldn't yeah. pay for my mortgage. I lost my house to the bank on a short sale. Uh, I stopped exercising. It was literally physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, I was at the lowest point in my life. And I come up with this idea. I go, like a series of events led me to think, I'm going to go figure out what the world's most successful people do every day for personal development. And I'm going to pick like the top one or two practices and I'm going to do those every day and see if I can become, you know, a better version of myself to, to create success and, uh, or get back to where I was. And after I spent about an hour online researching what the world's most successful people do for personal development, I couldn't narrow it down to one, you know, this millionaire said, Meditation. In fact, Ray Dalio, who is a billionaire yeah. hedge fund manager, said meditation was his number one key to success. Wow. Doing nothing is his number one key to success. <laughs> I mean, I know meditation isn't doing nothing, but you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, doing nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, that, that, I, it's funny you said that because I used to always tell people, like, the miracle morning that you start your day by doing nothing. Exactly. How easy is that, right? Yeah. So, um, but then you talk to, like, uh, you know, like a Will Smith says it's affirmation. It's yeah. the way that, you know, he programs his conscious. You know, so there were a total of six practices that kind of were cross-referenced in everything I read. And I'm going, man, none of these six are better than the other. It depends on who you ask. And then I had the epiphany, wait a minute, all of my research, none of, nobody I'm seeing does more than one or two, maybe three of these at the most. 
what if I did all six? That would be like the ultimate personal development routine. And the next morning I woke up, I did all six. And even though my bank account was negative, I was 50 grand on my credit card, you know, bad debt, not good debt, like I said. Yep, yep. Um, it was, uh, I was in, you know, I look in the mirror, I'm, 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 I'm overweight, I'm out of shape, you know, I, I've got collection notices. At 6 a.m. that morning, I felt like a rock star. Awesome. And I thought, wait a minute, my life is still a mess, but what I just did has me feeling like I can do anything. And I thought, if I do this every day, it's only a matter of time. Now, I was thinking maybe a year. Like, if I do this for every day for a year, I could, my life should be radically different a year from now. But it was less than two months, as I said earlier. That's when I started calling it the Miracle Morning. And then just to wrap up the story, I, I shared it with my coaching clients. And they almost, like, I'd say 70% of them, which is kind of the, the Miracle Morning statistic, 70% of the people that do the Miracle Morning yep. did not consider themselves a morning person before, and now it's easy to wake up. Yep. And my coaching clients all came back within a week of, like, oh, my gosh, how? I'm like a morning person now, and I'm, I have so much energy and motivation and da 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 And that's when I thought, this is bigger than just me. This is universal. If I... I got to turn it into a book and you know, now it's, we have over 1100 reviews on Amazon for the book. And uh, I'm, I'm, my mission is to change millions of lives one miracle morning at a time. And you know, that that's why I'm here, man. So thanks for having me. Yeah. Did you by chance hear um, that podcast that John did the other day where he talked, he spent 20 minutes and talked about his morning rituals. Wait, John who? Lee Dumas? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He, he, he talked about you and he talked about how you changed Mr. Pat Flynn night owl himself into being a, a morning person. Dude, is so, that why our book sales have shot up the last? I gotta call John Lee Dumas. Maybe, I'm gonna, man. But he went. I'm thank him. That's he awesome. had he had a, he has a picture of himself on his blog, and it says it says Miracle Morning on there. I mean, he oh, talks hey. about all of his morning rituals, and that includes like a lot of things that you talked about. He's like, you guys got to get this book. It's gonna teach you exactly what you should do. And so, anyway, for those of you who don't know, John Dumas is just this crazy guy that within the last couple years has gone from not being an entrepreneur to making like. 250 or $400,000 a month, whatever. It's ridiculous doing it with his podcast. Anyway, he's just a yeah incredible yeah. person. He, so is he, Pat Flynn. He's, yeah, he, both both the two, two of my favorite guys, awesome uh, Pat, guys, Pat and John. And that's actually the first time I, I met Hal was um, when I saw Hal what, and before I got his book was on a, a Periscope when he was at John's house filming for his Oh, that's how you film. know it? That's how you found it? Yeah, that, I, I, I saw a Periscope from Pat and email go out. But I was busy, okay. and then I saw one from John. I'd never been on Periscope, by the way, before that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to check this Periscope thing out. I've heard about this Hal guy. He's all over the place, like, touring <laughs> touring the world, like, doing this film. And so I just watched it, and I was like, i got to get this book. Got the book, and it's it's been awesome. So I love how Hal, Hal must be a multitasker, because he's, like, sitting here, guys, and, like, texting all these people. Like, that's like, just, that's when you know someone has John a busy Lee schedule. <laughs> I, just, I just texted John Lee Dumas and I plugged you. I said, hey, I just found out from Justin Williams, House Flipping <laughs> HQ, that you plugged Team in the other day. Thank you so much. Well, John John was my original online education mentor. Um, oh, I, I, nice. Before okay. that, I didn't even know I was going to do a podcast, what it was. He's like, so you getting your podcast ready? I'm like, huh? Nice. <laughs> so anyway. Nice, dude. Pretty cool stuff. So, all right, so... Let's kind of bring this all home. Um, yeah. Have we talked about we talked about the book? We talked about how you wrote the book. So you, yeah. I, I think we, we both have ADD. I, so. I do the same thing. I have no idea. <laughs> I'm always doing an interview, and I'm like, did I already tell you? What this? did we talk about? Yeah. Um, so, no, I have. Uh, yeah. So we didn't talk about what the practices of the Miracle Morning are. So we get you know if you want to go into that, yeah, let's can. let's go through those really quickly because I believe um, 
if the people, my followers, like follow these things, like I hear excuses all the time. We have a lot of rock stars out there that are killing it, but some people, I can't find deals, I can't find money. The truth is, and you said this quote in your book from from Jim Rohn, like your level of success will never supersede your level of um, self improvement, right? Personal development. Personal yeah, development. Yeah, there same we go. Thing, same thing. Same thing. <laughs> So, yeah, let's let's go through this. Yeah, that's the quote that inspired the idea. I, I was on a run. A buddy of mine told me to go for a run, and I'm like, dude, I hate running. And <laughs> on that run, I heard the quote from Jim Rohn, your level of success will seldom exceed your level of personal development. And that's where I had the idea. I'm going to go figure out what the world's most successful people do every day for personal development. And, and here's what I'm going to do. Instead of telling you um, all about the savers, so let, let me explain. So anybody listening, these six practices, as I was writing the book, I was trying to organize them into a, some sort of system that made sense, like a triangle or a you know hectagon or octagon <laughs> or whatever has six sides. And uh, I, I was frustrated, and my wife, my brilliant wife, Ursula, she goes, Sweetie, why don't you get a thesaurus and see if you can turn those six practices into like an acronym with using words that all relate? That's and I'm awesome. like... You're freaking brilliant, right? <laughs> so, so the original, these practices were meditation, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and journaling. And if you look at the first letter, it's M-A-V-E-R-J, Maverja. Maverja. Right? But I saw Aver, and I thought Saver. And then I thought meditation, I thought silence. And then I thought, I don't know, what would journaling would be? And then I found scribing. Scribing. So, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to read you what Robert Kiyosaki said about these six practices, which are known as the savers. Uh, here's from Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad. He said, what Hal has done with his acronym savers is taken the best practices developed over centuries of human consciousness development and condensed the best of the best into a daily morning ritual a ritual that is now part of my day. What? Many people do one of the savers daily. For example, many successful people do the E for exercise every morning. Others do the S for silence or meditation or the other S for scribing or journaling every morning. But until how packed in savers, no one was doing all six ancient best practices every morning. And here's my favorite part. He said, going through the savers every morning is like pumping rocket fuel into my mind body and spirit before I start my day every day. So That's awesome. There you go. And what I love about these things, I mean, do we, we didn't mention what they all are, right? So number one is silent. Number two is so affirmations. Silence for meditation. A is for affirmations. V is for visualization. E is for exercise. R is for reading. And the final S is for scribing or journaling. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what I think has made the book uh, – I mean, I'm in awe. It's not like I wrote it and I'm like, oh, this is going to sell – tens of hundreds of thousands of copies. I'm like, I hope it does, but I have no idea. Um, I think what I, what, if I'm good at anything, it's I'm a simpleton. And so what that means, like I, I, I dumb things down for myself. So what I did with these ancient best practices is I made them, I'm also very results oriented. I don't like stuff that's woo woo that makes you feel good. Yeah. I like stuff that, that, that I see my bank account balance grow, yeah. stuff that I, I, I'm way happier that I lose weight. I gain muscle, right? I want results. And so all of the savers, I took these ancient best practices and I created the most practical results-oriented approach to affirmations and to visualization so that people that have tried these before that maybe felt better while they did them but nothing improved, they now see that, wow, these are designed to improve specific measurable results in my life. And I think that's what has made them you know, really sticky for people. I yeah, I love that. And what's cool is some people might be hearing this like, oh, I'm already busy. I can't do all this. I mean, it, it's supposed to take about an hour, right, depending on what people do. But you give examples of how it can take six minutes. 
Yeah, right. there's a whole chapter dedicated to the six minute miracle morning. And for anybody listening that's rolling their eyes right now, going, Psh, "Yeah, oh yeah, six minutes." That's like an eight minute millionaire podcast that Justin does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bunch of BS. Um, no, no, but seriously, it, it wasn't. I didn't like this whole miracle morning. I don't think there's. I mean, there's almost nothing in the book that I wrote be, for the book. It was all stuff that was created for myself before the book was yeah. a, an idea. And the six minute miracle morning happened when. Like our culture, we, we're all or nothing culture, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, if you're like, I was going to go to the gym for 30 minutes, but now this call went long and I only have 15. Well, now I'm just not going to go. Totally. And so for me, that would happen with the miracle morning is I'd wake up and go, shoot, I only have 40 minutes or I only have 20 minutes. And one day I'm like, what if I did, I only had like 15 minutes. Uh-huh. I said, what if I did a six minute, one minute committed, focused, dedicated, present minute for each of the six savers? Let me try that and see what happens. And I went through each, you know, meditated for one minute, right? After uh, did my affirmations in one minute, went through one minute of jumping jacks, That's right? Awesome. I'm breathing heavy, and ultimately it was one tenth of the time that I normally did, but I got seventy to eighty percent of the benefit. And there's a whole chapter that teaches you how can you get seventy to eighty percent of a full hour's worth of benefit of in a six minute version of the Miracle Morning. So it's pretty cool. I love that, and I. Uh, just the little things like I've um, like lately, sometimes I don't think I have time to exercise. So I'll do like a six minute workout. I've come up with this like really quick workout. I'm like, dude, yeah. it, it gets it gets things going. Right. You feel good. You feel great. And it, it's just incredible. So my wife said um, every morning um, now since she read your book, like she used to wake up and be like, oh, she pops up and she's happy and she's pumped and motivated because of, you know, the things that you talked about. And, and it's a decision. So, yeah, that's awesome. So. Okay, so that's great. We've talked about your background story. We've talked about the, the Miracle Morning. Let's. I know we only only have like three more minutes left, pretty much. So uh, like, we can go as long. I, I could go as long as ten if we had to drive. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's I try to hit go. five because you and I okay. might hit ten anyway. So right. yeah, <laughs> tell us. So so my you know the people who are talking to they're they're house flippers, they're real estate investors. Um, I know you also have a book called uh, Miracle Morning for for salespeople and a book called Miracle Morning for um, real estate, real estate agents. agents. Can you tell us how are those different than the Miracle Morning book? Yeah, so they're they both grew organically. Like I have no I have no background in real estate except for I bought a house and short sold it, and then I you know and then I bought a house and we live in it now. Um, but what happened was a buddy of mine is a in uh, he is he he's in real estate and he um, bought a hundred copies of the Miracle Morning and sent them to like the top agents and team leaders across the country. And it created like the Miracle Morning went viral through Keller Williams and you know all these companies. Wow. And so organically, there was this huge market for real estate agents. So here's how the books are different. The real estate book was co-authored by Michael Mayer, who wrote The Seven Levels of Communication. Awesome. Um, and the real estate book is a parable. So it's completely different in that wow. it's a fictional story about a real estate agent and a mortgage broker who are married and their life, they, they were successful. They're kind of, you know, they're, they've gained some weight. They're not like Justin Williams, very <laughs> successful by everyone's standards, but still feels like there's, you know, they're, they're oh, living absolutely. some Way more than done, yeah. And so you see this journey that they go through of how they discover the Miracle Morning and they implement it in their life and how it improves, you know, virtually every area. So um, I'll, be, I'll be honest, it was a really a risk to me putting that out. I'm going... I have, I don't know. I've never written a parable and For I just sure. go off of the reviews. Like I just go off of, you know, the, 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 the audience, my readers will tell me if they like it. And the miracle morning for real estate agents technically is one point higher, 4.8 out of five stars instead wow. of 4.7 out of five stars. So people love it. Um, the salesperson book, we were debating, okay, 
that's my background. So I'm like, that's my expertise. Yeah, for sure. um, do we do another parable? And I thought, let's try a totally different format. So this is like, you know, we're planning on doing hundreds of books in the Miracle Morning series for teen, teens, moms, oh, awesome. parents, chiropractor, you name it, right? Yeah. Just like chicken soup for the soul. Um, and so with the salesperson book, we took a totally different approach and we, we went back to nonfiction. We made the first two chapters of the salesperson book are a condensed version of the entire Miracle Morning book, but for salespeople. So yeah. chapter one's the Miracle Morning, chapter two's the Lifesavers. The, the next 10 or eight or 10 chapters are my best tips on how to take your sales to the next level. And when I was, you know, my, my averages when I started in sales, like even when I was new, my company, you know, the company average order size was like $150 and I was selling kitchen knives, right? Yeah. I was 19 years old and my average order was $750, wow. so five times the company average. Um, referrals was a big one. The average salesperson in my company would get three to five referrals from like seven out of 10 customers. I would get 15 to 20 referrals out of nine to you know, 95% of my customers. Wow. So we took, we, so we took my knowledge, but I don't know it all. And then we interviewed 22 top salespeople that are each in the top 1% of their company for their best advice. And so this book is a combination of 22 of the world's top salespeople, like $7 billion in combined sales with my knowledge and combined with the Miracle Morning. And the tagline kind of says it all. Here's the book, by the way. That's awesome. Um, the fastest way to take yourself and your sales to the next level. And, and the thing is, it only happens in that order. Most of us are trying to take our outer world to the next level without taking our inner world to the next level. And what I learned with the Miracle Morning is when I dedicated two months to taking myself to the next level, my success paralleled the, the personal growth that I had, had achieved. So here's the thing. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to get that book and, and read it because most people in real estate think they're in the real estate business, but they're not. They're in sales. Yeah. sales. Everything is sales. And I actually did an interview with my good friend, um, Danny yesterday of House Flipping Junkie, and that's a podcast that's going to come out later for all you guys, whatever. So, okay, there you go, Danny. There's your plug. <laughs> but he was, he was, we were talking about systematizing your business, and I was saying, yeah, I systematize everything. He's like, yeah, but how, you can't really systematize going and meet with the sellers. And I say, no, you, you absolutely can. I say, you know, um, Andy McFarland, I know lots of people, they just hire rock star sales guys that don't know anything about real estate. And nice. these guys go out there and they all usually do better. Because they're just focused on that sell and getting a bigger discount on the house and making more money and, and closing more sellers. And um, so, what is your number one? I, I people should get the book. To, obviously, there's a lot more detail in there. Yeah. What would be your number one takeaway to, to be a good salesperson? My number one takeaway, you know, I call this. This is my personal secret to, to sales success: is to be committed to the process without being emotionally attached to your results. And the and this kind of goes along with the five minute rule we talked about and all of that. But uh, essentially, this is an epiphany I had. I was it was um uh, so I was like early tw actually it was like a year after my accident. I was I was early twenties like twenty one, and uh, I had a really bad. It was like I was having a horrible week of sales. Nobody was buying from me. And then I got on the phone and I was like, all right, I'm gonna turn this around tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna dude. I'm like I'm no more man. I'm turning it around. And I, and that night I make like 30 phone calls and I set up zero appointments, you yeah. know, and like, and, and the, I think it was my last call. The, the lady was just totally rude to me. You know, when that happens, you're like, you just have this feeling in your gut. Like, why would you be rude to me? I'm a nice person. <laughs> I had a hard day. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> right. I have a worst week. And so I 
get off the phone. And that night, I'm like falling asleep, thinking about getting a real job that yeah. I could do. Right? Like I'm like totally. I'm like screw this, man. I, this sucks. I want a paycheck. You know what I mean? And um and I have this this epiphany. You know, one of those where you get out of bed, you turn on the light, and you're like writing stuff down. Yeah. And I realized that that the law like the law of averages, right? We all know the law of averages, which is everything will average out over a period of time. Yeah. And you figure out your averages and you work with those. So for me, I realized that okay, I'm. I, all of my emotional, my emotions are completely attached to my day-to-day results right now. You know, if I have a bad day, I feel bad. If I have a good day, I feel good, right? And I thought, but I'm not in this for one day. I'm in this for, you know, at least this whole year, probably longer. And I know that if I continue to focus on my process, which for me at that time was how many calls I made, right? Um, So for example, if I make 20 calls a day, five days a week, that it would be my process. I will sell X amount. Yep. And then I realized if I were to double my calls over the year, even if I have a bad day or week, I would double my results. Like yep. it sounds so simple, sure. but I went, I'm going to try an experiment for the next four months. Cause we, our company would work in three campaigns. So it was like, it was the beginning of the year for the first four months of the year, the spring campaign, I'm going to make 20 calls a day, five days a week. I'm going to, and, and that's it. And I'm not going to care if I have the worst day, worst week, worst month, I'm if I make 20 calls, I'm going to celebrate. Yeah. Even if I set no appointments. So I'm going to try to remove my emotional attachment to my day-to-day results and just stay committed to the process and see what happens. And here's what happened. At the end of those four months, I was the number one sales rep out of 60,000 sales reps that year Jeez. in my entire company. But the best part was I had this most stress-free job in the world. I woke up in the morning. I made 20 sales calls. I went to the pool for an hour or two, and then I went and did a few appointments. If I had any set, if I didn't, I stayed at the pool all day. Yeah. Right? Like, and my sale, my man, sales manager hated it. He'd go, what's your goal for the week? I'd go, 100 calls. Yeah, He'd go, no, no, no. How many? How, what can I count on you? You know, we're trying to get to $50,000 this week in sales. What can I count on you for? I'm like, whatever happens, man. Whatever and happens. he hated it. Yeah. But yeah, so I had the most, so that's it. You, every single pro, every result you want to achieve in your life, whether it's working out, you know, whatever it is, it's all preceded by a process. Define your process, commit to it and remove your emotional attachment to your day-to-day results and just stay committed to the process over the long haul. I love that so much. We have, um, in my coaching program, we have something called the biggest flipping failure challenge. And I, I intentionally call it the biggest failure because the goal is not to make money. The goal is not to close deals. Nice. The goal is only the actions you take. And people get awarded only for their actions, not for the results. And they get bonus points for getting yelled at and getting spun uh-huh. And the worst story, they get bonus points for. And what's funny, those same people that just go after it and just follow the game and just play yeah. the game and celebrate it, they're the ones that are making the most money every yeah. time. And they're my That's top it. students. Yeah, the more you fail, that means, I mean, if you're failing more than your friend or your competition or whatever, that means you're working harder. You're exactly. doing more. You're engaging in the process more often than they are. Yeah, love it, Hal. All right, Hal. Well, I, I would ask you your one last piece of advice, but I think you've given it, and I think we're <laughs> out of time. So what? Is, where is a place that people can get a hold of you and, and learn more yeah. about you? So I'm going to give you three three different places. Um, HalElrod.com is my website. You can go, you know, book me for speaking or you know, coaching or just find out more, or whatever. Oh, my live event! I forgot my live event's coming up. Best year ever blueprint live event. But Justin, you've got to go to. I saw your video event. earlier today. I'm I'm excited. I want to be dan- jumping up and down and dancing. It looks like fun. <laughs> it's amazing, and you have to bring Jenny. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Okay, I'm in. Done. And bring, and we'll, my video guy will be there. We'll document Jenny. That's all right. Cool. Let's do it. 
All right, so, all right, so I wasn't going to mention that's a fourth one, but yeah, everybody listening, go to bestyeareverlive.com and uh, join me and Justin in San Diego the first weekend in December for the most incredible live event experience you've ever it's been to. San Diego, I'll be there for sure. Exactly, <laughs> bestyeareverlive.com. But so my website, um, and then if you want to get my book, you know, get The Miracle Morning, go to Amazon, you can get it Kindle, audiobook, or paperback. If you're an iBooks user, you can get it on iBooks, The Miracle Morning. And then the most important invitation, if you will, everybody listening, we have a Facebook group. And I hate saying that because there's so many Facebook groups and most of them suck. Yeah. It, but, but what we have, it's, it's called the Miracle Morning Community. We have over 19,000 positive, engaged uh, people in there. And uh, it is, it, it's the most positive online community. I I've found the seen. group. It all depends who, who runs them. Right. Yeah. So, no, there's some great groups out there. Yeah. I know. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, come check out the Miracle Morning community on Facebook. And uh, I hope to see you there. And, Justin, thanks for having me and everybody to listen to. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your time. I hope you got some value. Pal, you are the man. No excuses, everyone. You always hear me talk about excuses. If you give me, if I get some crappy excuses after this interview, <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you're, there's no helping you, right? Yeah, the two words. Just go, just, Justin. Just go. Hal died. Hal, Hal died. <laughs> he had brain. He still has brain damage. <laughs> I do. I definitely know. My wife will vouch for that. I have brain damage. Yeah. Hal, you're the man. I really appreciate all the uh, the just generosity you've given, and we will catch you soon, my friend. You too, brother. Take care. Bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.